Welcome to episode 105 of Motherhood in Hollywood. My guest today is Alec Baldwin. That's right. You heard correctly. Alec Baldwin is here. He's going to be talking about his role in the hit film Boss Baby, which is out on digital HD right now and will be released on July 25th on Blu-ray and DVD. He also has some wonderful insights about the movie business and his career, and I cannot wait to share this episode with you guys. So here we go. Hello, Mama. Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. Happy Fourth of July, everybody. I hope you are having a wonderful holiday week and you're out popping off fireworks eating barbecue and drinking lots of beer somewhere um that's my goal for this week i have um very small goals it's uh, i'm easy to please as they say uh anyway as i mentioned you guys alec baldwin is my guest today and i was so excited i was invited to interview him uh, about the DVD release and digital release of Boss Baby. And it was such a thrill to be able to ask questions of him and hear him talk about his experience, not just with the film, but um, he was really generous in sharing about his experience in the industry. And there were other people in the room as well, so you hear them laughing because he's very funny. <laughs> as you can imagine, he's definitely as funny and charming in real life as you think he is. So it was truly such a thrill to be able to ask him some questions and um yeah, and now I'm excited to share that with all of you. But before we do that, I want to take a second to make sure if you are listening to Motherhood in Hollywood for the first time, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. And if you are uh, uh, an old-timey listener, if you've been around for a while, uh, you know the drill. Please take a minute and subscribe to Motherhood in Hollywood on iTunes or Stitcher, whatever your player of choice is. And make sure you leave a review for my show. I would appreciate it so, so much. Um, may God bless you with all kinds of little tiny babies and puppies and angels. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and if you've not yet found me on the social media, find me on Twitter at Heather Brooker and also on Instagram and Facebook at Motherhood in Hollywood. That's where I post a lot of my happenings and the fun events I get to go to and products I find um, or products that find me, whatever. Anyway, uh, what's happening this week? Oh, my mom is coming in town this week. You guys, I'm super nervous and excited because, well, I say nervous. I'm nervous in that she's going to be here for like a full week and that's a lot of time with my mom. (laughs) Um, It's a lot of mom time, especially because she's going to literally like be here. She's going to be basically in my little podcast studio that I have set up. So, um, yeah, but it's got, we've got some fun things planned. We're going to go to Skirball and see the Noah's Ark exhibit. We're going to do some beach time. Do you guys have a favorite beach? If you're in like, if you live near a beach, do you have a favorite beach you go to? I always have the hardest time like finding a beach that seems clean because honestly, in Southern California, a lot of the beaches we've been to all seem really dirty. And I don't know if it's maybe just the ones we're going to. Like, there's always seaweed everywhere. And Chris is like, um, that's just nature. And 
which, you know, to be fair, he has a point, but I don't, in my mind, I want like the white sand beaches of like Cozumel and that sort of thing. But I guess I need to go to Cozumel to get that beach. But anyway, I digress. Um, I hope you guys have a favorite beach. If not, I hope you find one someday. So (laughs) it's early you guys, and I'm just starting my coffee. So I'm going to wrap up the mommy monologue, make it short today, because I want to get you guys to this interview with Alec Baldwin. And here he is talking about his role in Boss Baby. Alec Baldwin is here and I want to talk to you about your role in Boss Baby. This is such a fun bossy character for you and you've actually played several bossy characters throughout your career and I'm wondering is that something you seek out? Is that a specific character trait that you're attracted to? I like to think of this as the bossy character, the bossiest of the bossy characters. Um, <clears throat> I, I really don't think about it that way. I think about it in terms of, um, you know, what's good material. And uh, a lot of times people will send you a script. Uh, I do this much less so than I used to, but you want to go to work. The timing is right. Maybe you've had a couple months off, you want to go to work. You read a script and you go and you think to yourself, well, we'll fix it as we go along. Uh, which I always say is like, we're going to fix the car when we're driving the car. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> the, uh, when you get a piece of material that you have a lot of faith in and you're really very confident about, it's a good movie and you think you can play the part. I don't really think about it in terms of my likability quotient. I mean, there's actors who won't play certain parts and they don't want to play certain parts that are... Um, outside of a certain box that they're in, and I appreciate that. Maybe I should have done that years ago. <laughs> but um, I just thought this was, you know, Katzenberg called me, and I had done Madagascar and Rise of the Guardians with him and with DreamWorks, and it was Tom again, who I liked working with, and they said, would I come do this? And they took me through it. You have a presentation, and uh, I said, I'm in. I thought it was a good movie. Does having kids factor into the types of roles and projects that you work on now has that changed your perspective at all well there's an extension obviously there's things you don't want to do anymore there's kinds of films you don't want to make anymore um and uh not that i was making movies that were that objectionable but you uh i think all uh actors and musicians and because there's a lot of music component to these films um i went to comic-con and justin timberlake was there for trolls and everything uh, when you have children, there is that pull. You do want to do movies that kids can appreciate. And um, you know, I'm in a business which is a funny business because, like, my daughter goes to school with Jimmy Fallon's daughter, and they were going around. I, I wasn't there, but I was told they were going around the room. And they were like, "What does your daddy do?" And your mom, "What does your mommy do?" What's their work? <laughs> and, and 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 they go, "What does your daddy do, Carmen?" She goes, "My daddy's an actor, and he's on TV. And my daddy's very funny." And they get to then they get to Fallon's or choose my daddy's an actor, he's on TV, and my daddy's very, very funny. <laughs> <laughs> my dad's funnier than your dad. And I turn to Carmen and I go, You really have to accept that, Carmen, that Winnie's dad is funnier than your dad. Oh. <laughs> There's nothing we can do about that. Can you talk a little bit about how you found the voice for this character? What was that process like for you? I think you know, you work with them, they think they think that you have a you've demonstrated some ability to do something in the neighborhood of what they want. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a process of a couple of sessions, maybe two or three, where you 
iron it out. And it's, it's like anything. You know, I, I was talking to Megan Mullally in a podcast interview I did with her about how everybody in the first season of Will and Grace is unrecognizable from what they are in <laughs> the third season. You push further and push further and develop and make it your own. And I mean, there was a kind of vocalizing that Megan said she did in that character that was just uh, really uh, uh, a big reach for her, you know. And um, But I think that they asked me to do this. And we do a couple sessions where we kind of fight it in terms of uh, volume. You can't be... You, what I always say to Tom, and we would come back to this, this might have been my one persistent note, which we can't have an equivalency of value to everything. You can't have every scene be, I'm screaming at the top of my lungs, saying, this is the most important thing in the movie. Okay, forget about that. Now this is the most important <laughs> thing in the movie. And you, the, the kind of uh, 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 an emphasis that you have to vary, and we have to, kind of, and we have to earn the moments when we're really, really, you know, could go nuts and become uh, un, un, undone. And so I think that, to me, is to find the sheet music of the movie. We're going to go up here, and then we're going to come down here, and we're going to go up here, and we're going to try to vary as much as possible. That's amazing. Now, this character goes through a lot of changes during the course of the movie, and I'm wondering, as an actor, how do you, how do you find the levels and the changes in your voice to be able to reflect the changes that the characters are doing? How, can, how do you demonstrate that? Well, I've always been someone who wanted to work the mic in that way and whatever kind of stuff I've done if I'm doing a reading of a book uh, or a play. Uh, I've done readings of... Uh, I remember we used to do this uh, uh, reading is at um, a symphony space in Manhattan, uh, the Arts Center up on the Upper West Side, and symphony space had a program called Selected Shorts, they still have, where all these well-known people would come in and read a short li literary material, and I would read John O'Hara, uh, we would do all this different uh, thing. I did a bunch of those programs years ago before I had kids again <laughs> and uh, uh, when I had more time and uh, uh, you know and when we do that many people just read in a very kind of a, a certain style and then other people kind of act it and get into the mic and, and try to delineate between what's the copy and what's the the the, uh, the quotes the performance of the character in the piece so I've always been very very interested interested in doing that and uh, finding um, the highs and the lows of your voice in terms of volume, in terms of emphasis, in terms of pace. Uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, taking a really long pause. You know, I'll never forget we were doing Saturday Night Live, and I'm Trump, and I'm receiving a bunch of people are coming in to to uh, uh, meet with me, and Jason Sudeikis came on as Romney, <laughs> and Jason Sudeikis came in, and if you watch the clip. He stands there and we shake hands and we don't say a thing to each other for the longest beat I've ever seen in a comedy show in my life. Because <laughs> <clears throat> it was, a, I guess the idea was he was coming in, to, oh, I was vetting people to be in my cabinet. <laughs> and literally Jason sat there going, <laughs> nothing's kidding. And it went off like 60 seconds, which is an eternity. And then finally Jason goes, we're not doing this, are we? And I go, no, we're not doing this. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but that idea of Jason, it was, it was his line. He was the one that had to break the moment. And I thought, God, what an amazing thing he did where he just took his time. And that's the basic idea of what I try to do is to try, you can just, you try. And they might come back to you and say, don't do that. We want it to be different. Yeah. Don't don't do this dialect. We did a lot of dialects, you know. We created uh, uh, our version of Boss Baby 
being playful and, and, and doing silly things. We had a character we wrote called Senior Bacon. I put a piece of bacon on the plate and I put it under my mouth like this so I got a mustache. And I was like, hello, I'm Senior Bacon. And I remember this whole crazy improv thing, which was really funny, but when you, funny is one thing, but does it fit into the film? So that got cut out, and um, although we may do a whole senior bacon film, I think no. it would be really, really well Yes, please. I would love to play senior bacon. Um, the, uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but anyway, the, 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 the idea, and the other thing the idea is I'm not making the movie, nor do I want to. You know, there's a way this thing fits. There's, the, the, these people, the men and women that do this know what they're doing, and I come in in a highly collaborative process and make my contribution, and someone else makes the movie. Thankfully, because uh, I, uh, Tom knows the, you got to give this movie the stick all the way to the finish line, and then you slow down at the end to have the heartfelt moment. But they they pace this thing up like, I, mean, I don't need need to tell you they pace it up in a way even I was couldn't believe it. Perfectly. I was like so I, I said, said to Tom one point I go don't you want to slow down the movie? <laughs> they were like no no no. We'll get back to the interview with Alec Baldwin in just a moment. But first, I want to take a second to tell you more about NuDo. NuDo wants you to experience a new, naturally beautiful you. Here's the deal. NuDo products are full of ingredients that are all natural and make skin really, truly happy. They have premium botanical actives with proven skin benefits, antioxidants for powerful anti-aging defense and repair, pure nourishing plant oils to reduce water loss, and skin-friendly compounds for tone, softness, and elasticity. Go right now to motherhoodinhollywood.com, click on the new do image, that's N-U-D-U, and that will take you to their website where you can check out more about new do natural beauty system enter the code hollywood whenever you go to check out and you'll get 20 percent off your order what a deal guys go right now motherhoodandhollywood.com click on the new do image and find out how you can start creating a new you i have to say that 30 rock was one of my all-time favorite shows i miss it so much i wish it was still on the air it was so smart and funny and without a doubt, Jack Donaghy was one of the quintessential TV bosses. Um, did you draw on his character or draw from that character at all when creating the boss from Boss Baby? I think so. I think that the, I think that Boss Baby, the character, I feel funny talking about him like he's Willie Loman here out of Arthur Miller. But um, I think... Uh, the boss baby character is even more Machiavellian than Donaghy was on the show. Because Donaghy was somebody who you always wanted to surf or kind of slalom the public-private membrane, you know, like, so when I'm in public, I think I know everything and I'm talking to people, I'm very confident, and then when I'm home alone, I'm like, oh God, you know, I'm a mess, I don't really know what I'm talking about, and I'm filled with fear and insecurity, and you always wanted to do that, just have uh, uh, Donaghy in public and then in private. And I think that Boss Baby is the same in public. <laughs> He's completely uh, self-reliant uh, and, uh, uh, and self-motivated. There's a lot of actors that listen to my show, and I know probably quite a few of them are probably fascinated with the casting process um, for someone at your level of fame and celebrity, if you will. But tell me, did you have to audition for this part, or how did, how did the casting process work? 
the uh, um, they do a presentation. You sit down and go through that with them with Jeffrey and because uh, Katzenberg still owned the company back then when we started. That's how much time it takes. In the in the, in the, in the time we've been doing the movie, Katzenberg sold the company. Kind of wow. um, but um, the uh, I sat down with them and I worked with Tom and uh, Ramsey Naito and. Uh, I think I always say yes because it's not, time-wise, it's not that awful a commitment. The challenge is to maintain a kind of uh, um, truth to the character over years of time. I do a session, I don't see them for a couple months. I do a session, I don't see them for a couple months. I might see them in six weeks, I might see them in, in 12 weeks. And getting back into the studio and getting into that boss baby mindset. Because to play these characters, you might come to work, I know that sounds funny, but you might come to work and just don't feel like being that guy that day. Maybe you've had a very fragile day, you're feeling like what you really want to do is like sit in a chair and just stare out the window for about two hours. <laughs> so something, something awful has happened or something difficult you're facing and you don't really feel like, you don't feel very confident. You don't feel very confident or super confident. You feel a little quiet and then you've got to go in there and be like this cracking whip all the time. It's, it's not hard, but it's just different. So you go in there, you have to kind of get into it. Um, I mean, I've, been, I've done some sessions where the first half hour, first hour what we did, we just had to burn it, just do it all over again. Oh, wow. I had no idea that there was or could be so long of a break between recording sessions for something like this. Is there anything you do um, to help you get back into character? Any tips or tricks? The old reliable is coffee. We drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Your head's going to pop off. Yeah, chemically induced uh, performance, but... Uh, I think, uh, um, uh, and it's also, it, it, you have to have fun. Like if I, I've done things that they might be in, in drama, they're not necessarily fun, they're more challenging dramatically. You get involved, you get in front of a movie camera and it's hopefully, I'm, I haven't always gotten this right, it's more what you don't do than what you do. It's really laying back and you're not telling the story, the director, the camera, you just have to be there and, and be kind of quiet if you will, or, or contained. And you, you don't have to do all the storytelling with your acting. The, uh, um, but with things like Boss Baby, you have to infuse it with some degree of fun. You have to do, even when you're crying, there's a, there's a, <clears throat> there's a, a way you cry. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, what happens, like, like in real life, people try not to cry. Like they always tell you that in acting school. They say you need to suppress if you're going to do a scene, you don't just blubber and start crying. You want to be suppressing those emotions and trying not to cry. And then, of course, you can't control yourself and you cry. But in a real scene, in a real drama, you're trying to manage your emotions. And in Boss Baby, everybody is like right out front with their emotions. The boss baby is like, oh, God! <laughs> screaming and crying, <laughs> feeling sorry for himself. And Boss Baby feels sorry for himself a lot because people won't do exactly what he wants them to do. But. I mean, I, I think you have to make it a little silly. You, you, you want it to be kind of truthful. I love the idea of having fun with a character um, and making it silly in some way, whether it's animation or drama, or finding the fun in that. Um, the uh, Did you get a chance to see any of the drawings or the artwork of Boss Baby um, as you were in production? He showed me some of that, but I have the same attitude, I must say, toward that as when I do a film, which is I just, I, I look at it and I take it in, but it doesn't really affect what I do. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're the ones doing the red. I always sit there and go, oh, maybe his, maybe his eyes should be blue and my eyes are green. And I never do that. I never give them my opinion about the visual. I never go, Boss Baby's head is really, that's a really pretty, you're really pushing the limits there with the size. Head to body ratio is really a lot. You know, his head looks like a, like a sofa. You know? <laughs> whatever you say, you, whatever you think, I don't get involved in that at all. I mean, all I do is just do what I do, which is to try to make him sound like a, this uh, lovably desperate person. <laughs> um, is there going to be a sequel, Boss Baby 2? Oh, yes. I mean, I think when you have a movie that has been as successful as this one has, that would be great. I'd love to do that. That would be Maybe Senior Bacon comes in. I don't. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, they, they have no shortage of ideas, so I'm sure that they have that up their sleeve. But uh, oh yeah, I, I'm very grateful for the success of the film because, as you know, there's a lot of films that come out. You go to festivals and you see films and TV pilots for that matter that are very good, and they don't make it. I mean, a lot of it, a lot of what doesn't make it deserves to not make it, but a lot of stuff that does not make it is good. And what they lacked was a, a luck and a good marketing program. And we had a good movie and we had good marketing, so it really came together beautifully. I think that uh, I think that you have to give kids now, at a certain age, a little bit more reality than they did years ago. Cartoons were so much more naive back then, and now kids are so much sharper. I mean, my daughter is three and a half, and I mean, I mean, naturally, a lot of it is inherent to her as, a, as an individual. But I do think that kids her age are getting a little sharper, a little quicker. Like my daughter, my, my wife was born in the U.S. but raised in Spain, and so she's Spanish and fully fluent in Spanish, obviously that's her primary language, and my daughter is fully bilingual, she's three and a half. And in my house, uh, I'm the, uh, uh, the, uh, the pin cushion there that way, <laughs> and my daughter will literally look to my wife, this is like a year ago, she looks at her, with like the greatest level of judgment you could possibly have, she was like, Daddy. <laughs> Daddy just is not like you and me is smart like you and me and uh, you see that they're uh, that super smart kids and I think my daughter is very smart and just kids in general that age like three and up they're, they're, they're putting the pieces together a lot quicker than people did when I was a kid is she the boss baby in your family? oh my god it's unbelievable <laughs> <laughs> nothing can prepare you That's right. Nothing can ever fully prepare you for what life is going to be like with a super smart kid around the house. Trust me, people. I know it. Um, So grateful to Alec Baldwin for sharing his experiences on Boss Baby. If you haven't seen Boss Baby and you want to check it out, it is available right now on Digital HD. And then coming up on July 25th, it will be available on Blu-ray and DVD. So you can bring it on home and watch it with your kids. It's such a fun movie. And I hope you have a a greater appreciation for it now that you've um, heard from Alec Baldwin and about his process and all of the hard work and everything that went into creating this character for this film. That's going to do it for me. You guys don't forget to follow me on uh, Instagram and Facebook at Motherhood in Hollywood. Also on Twitter at Heather Brooker. And make sure you subscribe to my show and leave a quick review. Would you please? I hope you guys have an amazing week. That's going to do it for me. Remember, I'm not a perfect mom, but I can play one on TV. Bye. Balls.